What's up, what's up? Say hey, PD. Hey, PD. That's my name. I just want to introduce myself. If you don't know who I am, Pastor Derek, Pastor Disaster, PD, P. Diddy, whatever you want to call me, Papa Doc, all that. Hey, how many of you guys feel good? You feel good? My daddy used to say, I feel so good I could kick a door down. That's not how good I feel. I feel so good I could storm hell with a water pistol. If you don't feel good, you will feel good at the end of this message. Amen? Amen. You can get your worship guides out, and you can follow along on version as well. If you're listening online, we want to welcome you, our online viewers, and also our cable viewers. What's up? We're on cable. So good to be talking to you guys out there. It's so cool. Uh, we're just glad to be in church today, and we're continuing a series that we started last week. How many of you here last week for the beginning of You Asked For It? All right. Listen, if you, um, if you came in stressed today, you need to get that message because it's all about overcoming stress, dealing with stress. That was the number one question that you asked for. So no surprise, you guys do that every year. When every time we have this series, you guys, always, you guys always throw that one in there. But we had a great service last week, a great Mother's Day. But we're going to have a great day today. Amen? Uh, we're going to continue, uh, you asked for it, and the second top question that you asked for was kind of, how can I find my purpose? Help me figure out, why am I here? What's this all about? What am I here to do? And we've been kind of um, answering these questions by not going to Google. Come on, we're going to God, right? We're not going to Siri. We're going to go to Scripture. And more importantly, we want to respond to Scripture. We want to respond to God's Word. And I think there's this tendency for us as seekers of God and as, as sometimes mature believers, even professional Christians, that's the ministry people, is we hear something, but we don't respond. And, you know, one of the parts of response ultimately is trust, trusting God, like just the ability to just lean on him. You know, so sometimes we need to lean in and listen. Sometimes we need to lean on him to grow, you know, and so to, to grow here. Sometimes we got to go there. So we're going to go there a little bit today, and I'm going to encourage you to just respond to God. Trust what he says. If you want to find your purpose, you got to trust what he says. It reminds me of a story of a guy, and he was, he was out hiking and stuff, and he went up into this kind of canyon, and he's walking along the ledge of this canyon, kind of like me, and he's not paying attention. Whoop! All of a sudden, he falls. And as he's falling to his peril, he grabs a branch, hooks it by his arm. It just, just barely, you know, saves his life. And he's hanging there in just complete, like, terror. And he looks up, and he's like, there's no way I'm going to be able to climb back up. It's too difficult. It's too arduous to do so. But worse yet, he looks down, and it's a 1,000-foot drop to the bottom of the canyon. And while he's there, of course, hanging, he's realizing, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to be able to hold myself here very long. So what, is, what does somebody do in that situation? Naturally, he yells out, help, help. Is anybody up there? Help, help. And he screams and he yells and he screams and he yells and he's losing his strength and he's just getting so scared and so freaked out. And finally, he's just like, he's realizing it's, it's over. And then just out of that moment of just, just terror and despondency, he hears a voice saying, Jack, it's me. Jack, it's me. He's like, who is it? Who are you? Who is that? And the voice responds and says, it's the Lord. Jack says, you mean God? Yes, it's God. Where are you? Where are you? He goes, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere, Jack. Oh, my gosh, God, can you please, 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 if it's you, please help me. Help me. Help me. I'll do anything. I'll do whatever you want. Isn't that what we do? We make these promises. We make these deals. We're in peril. I'll never sin again. I'll give you all my money to the poor. You know, I'll go into the ministry. 
You know, and, 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 and the voice responds and says, Jack, stop making promises. You, you know, you can't keep. Stop. You, 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 you know, you can't cash that check. This is what I want you to do. Anything. I'll do anything you want. What do you want me to do? And God responds and he says, I want you to let go of the branch. And then there's this long silence. You see where this is going, don't you? And out of that, you hear it from this long silence. All of a sudden, Jack begins to yell, help, help. Is anyone else up there? Is anyone else up there? That's kind of how we are. Sometimes we hear things and we're like, no, 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 no. You got to have something else for me. Is there anything else in the buffet, God? I, I want to pick something else. To eat. I want to encourage you to respond to God and trust him and do what he says. Sometimes it might be a little counterintuitive for you. Sometimes the wisdom from above is a little counterintuitive. And as we go forward, I'm going to break this message. And this is just my opinion. I think the first half of this is going to be very relevant to kind of a pre-believer, new believer. I know there are people here, you know, you're kind of seeking. You, this is all like new to you. And some of it will be like, woo, and some of it will be right here. So the first half, really pay attention. Second half of this message, it's all for everybody. The second half is going to really zero in on people who have been a Christian a long time, but yet they're still struggling to find that will of God for your life. Everybody with me? All right? So as we go forward, let's just look at three kind of, excuse me, before we do this, I want to give you two challenges that we all face. There's two challenges. This is just, some of this is just, you know, as you experience life, you're going to kind of make these conclusions. Here's the first challenge that I think we face. The first challenge is to find yourself. To find yourself. The first challenge is to find yourself. You find yourself when you find your purpose. You find, you know the song, you 2 I'm always going to go 80s on you, so forgive me for that. But, you know, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Anybody know the song? Only two people listen to 80s. We're going to have to pray for people at the end of the service today. But when you find yourself, you find your purpose. Nothing is more meaningful to a child of God in this world than to find your purpose. Why am I here? That's the big question. It's kind of imprinted on you. Eternity is hidden in the heart of man. God's put kind of a vacuum and a void that only he can fill. And it's in that relationship that you find yourself. You find your purpose in the process. And when you do find your purpose, it's like a pivot foot in sports. It kind of keeps you rooted. It kind of keeps you grounded. It keeps you from swaying too far to the right or to the left. You kind of get that intentionality to your life. The second challenge, though, is to lose yourself, to lose yourself. And this is one that's kind of an uncommon language for many of us, but we lose ourselves when, we, when, when our purpose becomes something bigger than ourselves. We lose ourselves when our purpose becomes bigger than us. This is when we move from success to significance. This is when we move, many of, some of us move from career to calling. It's a different level of life. It's the highest level of life is to lose yourself. Most never lose themselves. Most never find themselves. The goal is for us to do both as we go forward as Christ followers. Are you with me, everybody? Jesus talked about this in Mark chapter 8, verse 34. It's in your notes in 35. He kind of gives us this, this, this language of finding and losing yourself. He's the one that taught this. He says this, then calling the crowd. And by the way, you know, there's always a crowd that's kind of listening but sometimes not doing. And hopefully there are disciples who hear and obey. Then he calls the crowd and he says to join his disciples. And he says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, what will happen? You will lose it. But if you give up your life willingly of your own free will agency for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Jesus is saying that we can save and lose our life at the same time. 
If we give our life over to him, we end up saving our life, but we also experience something that's bigger than our life by ourselves. And so the first challenge is, how do we find ourselves? That's what I want to camp this morning the most, is finding ourselves. A little less on losing ourselves, because I don't think we can lose ourselves until we find ourselves. But our, our finding of ourselves is in this purpose, this purpose piece. And when you discover that purpose, it's going to give intentionality and steps and directions to your life. Speaking of directions, how many of you have a hard time asking for directions? Anybody? There's a lot of male liars in this room right now, okay? <laughs> There's like two guys that raised their hand, okay? I had that problem of asking for directions. It just seemed like the first half, maybe three quarters, all right, 90% of my marriage, I had a hard time asking for directions when we went anywhere. But you know what? As I've gotten older, I've just determined I'm going to continue to ask for directions because I ain't got time for circling the mountain over and over again. You know what I'm saying? All the ladies are like, amen. <laughs> I saw that store before. And so, so we need to ask for directions. But what's interesting is that the same thing sometimes we do in life, not asking for directions, we do in our, in our walk, in our spiritual path and journey with God. We don't ask for directions. The Bible says in James, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who what? Gives a lot generously, all right? Without partiality, he's not going to do good for you and not good for you. He's going to help you both. He says, ask, seek, and knock. But a lot of times we don't do that. We don't ask for directions. And so I've asked God to give us some direction. I'm asking you to say, God, give me some direction as it relates to my purpose. Are you ready? All right, so here's kind of, as we frame this, here are like three rules or three like roads to finding your purpose for your life. These are all play. Everybody needs to come inside these particular roads to find your purpose. Romans 12, 1 through 2, look in your notes. This is what it says. It says basically, I urge you, brothers and sisters. I hear a little rap song going in my head right there. Okay, anyway. Brothers and sisters, that's you in view of God's mercy, that's how he looks at us, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So you don't have to get back up on the cross. Jesus did that once and for all, the atonement for all of our sins. But now he says, you don't have to die, literally, but I want you to present yourself, die to yourself in this life. That's what he was really saying in Mark chapter 8, the same thing. Present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship, or it might say in your Bible, your reasonable service. Then he goes on to say, here's kind of the second kind of rule or roadmap to your purpose. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then here's the third one. Then you will know, or you will be able to test, the New Living says, know and learn and approve what God's will is, his good Praise the Lord. Jeremiah 29 tells us that his will for us is good, pleasing, and what? Perfect will. So there's kind of like three roads that you need to go on to find your purpose. And each one of these things has kind of a guiding system for you, a GPS, as it were. So I'm going to use kind of like driving uh, metaphors today to try to help you understand how to find your purpose. If you were going down Route 9 today, got on 495, whatever major highway that you're on in your life, there are always going to be these guardrails, right? Guardrails. So the first kind of roadmap or rule for you in finding your purpose is you've got to live within the guardrails. Get in between the guardrails. It doesn't matter that, uh, you know, you, you don't believe in the guardrails. They're going to be there, and they're going to let you know they're there if you try to hit them. Is everybody tracking with me? 
So here's the guardrails. The guardrails are in order for you to find your purpose that God has for your life, you have to stay inside them, stay in bounds. Guardrails theologically refer to the providential will of God. Providential, big word, but it basically means this is God's will for your life no matter what. You don't have to believe it. You can pray against it. You can th- have a different opinion on it. It doesn't matter. It's the providential will of God. Jesus sent his son into the world to save the world so that the world through him might be saved. doesn't matter whether you accept that or not. Jesus did that. You, you, don't, you don't have to believe it. It's still true. Jesus is going to come back one day for his, for his bride. He's, there's going to be a second coming. You can pray something else. You can think something else. It doesn't matter. It's God's will no matter what. Is everybody tracking with me? That's the providential will of God. There are certain things that are big picture that God is up to, his agenda, as it were, his big picture. And the best thing for you to do is make his agenda your agenda, and then he'll make your agenda his agenda. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's good preaching so far. I'm getting something out of this. This is really good. All right? So... So that's the first one, the guardrails. You're driving down the road. Now, the next lane is the rumble strip, all right? Stay off the rumble strip. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We were talking about this in my small group one time. You're driving down the road, and you get distracted. Oh, there's a pretty girl. You're driving down the road, you know what I mean? You're thinking, oh, I think I'll just pull over and have a drink before I go home. You know, and, and or you're driving and you're drinking while you're, while you're, you're drinking while you're driving. You know, because the Bible tells us in Proverbs 4, 27, make level paths for your feet. Don't swerve to the right or to the left. The moral will of God is what we refer to when we talk about rumble strips, the providential Now, the moral will of God. This is God's will according to Scripture. So sometimes we are trying to find the perfect will of God for our lives, but we're not living within the moral will of God. We're not living in accordance to God's word. We're not living our lives in accordance with Scripture. Is everybody tracking with me? And so if you want to find that perfect will of God, that personal will of God. You have to live in, within the guardrails. You have to avoid those rumble strips. That, the word of God is something that is designed there to shake you back into the will of God. But sometimes we resist what God's word says. We close up the Bible. We turn down the volume of the Holy Spirit that's reminding us of the things that we've hidden on our heart. But that's why Psalms tells us, thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against God. Turn your neighbor, kind of shake him a little bit. Come on, rumble him a little bit, okay? Just as an aside, when you are living in your strengths, this is just a little secret sauce for Christ followers, okay? When you live in your strengths, you will sin less, okay? God has designed you with certain spiritual strengths. When you live inside those, you will, li- you will follow, you will find yourself eventually going head on into the personal and perfect will of God when you find your strengths. That's why we do what we do at Connect. So tonight... We have this class, it's called 301 at Discovery, you know, and we want to help you figure out what your strengths are. When you figure out your design, you can figure out your destiny. If you'll respond to your gifts, it will change you. But I didn't always know that. I didn't know that in my calling, in my career at one time, excuse me. Before I was in ministry, I worked for a bank, Ford Motor Credit, and I was hired to do customer service, parenthetically alias collections. 
How many know you get signed up for something? You're like, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. And, and, and so I'm here doing hardcore collections, and I'm calling these people, and my gifts are to pastor, to love people, to solve problems, to help people. And I'm talking to these ladies, and they're telling me oh, their sad stories, and, you know, I don't know if I can afford I'm like, you know what, just take another month off. It's going to be okay. It's on us. It's on us. You know what I mean? Click. And I go home, and I tell my wife, Stacey, we got to help these people. There's got to be some money. I need to send money. to. She's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I was pastoring people when I was in a career. How many know that didn't work well for my career? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I get into ministry, and I'm still not functioning in my gifts. I start counseling people, and counseling sometimes part and parcel with the job, and, and I'm ministering to people. And, and, and though I could understand the problem, I could talk to somebody in about 10 minutes, and I'm like, still to this day, I can kind of size up the problem. It's just a gift. It doesn't mean I'm better than somebody else. It's just a gift God gives me. But while I'm getting that download from God, I've got a legal pad. I'm like, you know, I'm writing these things down. They need to do this, and they need to do this. The teacher comes out. That's the other gift. And I've got three points to just kind of turn your life around. Five, you know, all alliterative, of course, you know, all rhyme. Five things you can do. And then I'd hand them to the people. i just just do these. Be healed in Jesus' name, you know. And, and they go away, and I'm like, that's it, they're going to be fine. Then they come back. <laughs> and I'd be like, three things you can do to make sure that it sticks this time. You say, take that, I give it to them, be healed in Jesus' name. How many know they keep coming back? This is when I began to realize this is not my gifting. This is not, because I go home and I'd be tired. That's a sign that you're not in your strengths, living your strengths. And I'm depressed. I find myself just getting all upset. Honey, they keep coming back, and them them problems keep getting bigger, and they're getting bigger, and they're getting bigger. And and then I get with them, and they'd say they want to jump off a bridge. They're so depressed. And I'm like, I want to drive you there. (laughs) How many know that's not good counseling? You know what I'm saying? You know, like, I'll go with you, and we can hold hands, and we can jump off together. <laughs> Advice, live in your strengths, okay? All right, here's the third kind of road to your purpose. You have to find your lane. Find your lane, okay? Your lane refers to the perfect will of God. So you have the providential, the moral, and now the perfect, or sometimes called personal will of God. This is God's will for your life specifically. Everybody say specifically. So here's the deal. Somewhere between the moral will of God, the providential will of God. Somewhere between the, the guardrails of the, the drive and the journey that you're on and the rumble strip da, 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 is the personal will of God as you continue to go forward in life. Is everybody tracking with me? All right? So God's personal uh, will for your life is somewhere between those two. Now, transition. Here's what I want you to kind of kind of kind of tune in. You got to kind of put your thinking caps on a little bit more and focus a little bit more. I'm going to get into kind of the gray matter of this. This particular last lane, the personal specific will of God, is sometimes the hardest part for us as Christ followers to interpret. Anybody say that's relevant to you? Okay. And so, so for me, for example, I can help somebody else interpret or translate what God is saying to you better than I can for myself. Because there is this mixture of emotion and feelings and in particular this subjective realm this subjective realm it's this is how i see it but so and so sees it differently and deej sees it this way and my wife sees it that way and your friend sees it that way and this pastor sees it that way right we can all see things what do we do about that subjective realm and they're kind of like these two camps this is just how i've termed it there's uh, there's the extremes of the subjective and then there are the essentials of the subjective All right? 
Hang with me. Now, in the extremes of the subjective, many of you have been Christians a while. You're going to identify with just this, and you'll have other examples that will pop in your brain. There's kind of like these two lanes we can go to. We can go to this kind of flaky, spooky, spiritual side, or we can go to this non-spiritual, extreme, logical side. Either, either path will leave us discouraged at the end and upset with God. Everybody with me? All right, so in the extreme uh, subjective, let's say we'll take that flaky, spooky spiritual side. This is where people are praying to God, and God said, thus saith the Lord. God said, you shall have a home, and you shall prosper in that home all the days of your life, right? So they're getting this, while they're praying, they're getting this word. And as they're driving down the road, they see a big house on the left-hand side of the road. It's a million-dollar home. And they look at that word, they receive that word from God, and they look at that situation, and they say, God wants me to have that million-dollar home. And so then they rob a bank to get it. Or they leverage every bit of credit they have to get it, which is the same thing as robbing a bank. <laughs> And they violate all kinds of priorities and principles also hidden in God's word. And they say no to the rumble strip. You can't afford this. And they say no to the counsel they're receiving from godly people. Wait, wait, wait. There'll come a day when you can have that. No, 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 no. And we go past the rumble strip. And then we hit a guardrail. And what happens is we add words to what God said. In fact, not only that, but we don't, he didn't even say it. We didn't go to him asking him for direction many times in this instance. We went to him asking for permission about what we already wanted to do. We weren't going for the personal will of God. We were going for the preferential will for myself. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is good preaching right now. I'm just telling you, it's going to help some people. Okay? So did he say? He didn't even say it. Did you ask? I didn't even ask that. And so we get ourselves in trouble, and at the end of that, we get mad. Or you go to the other side of that e extreme subjective and we just go all logical and we avoid what is the essential side of the subjective. Here's the essential side. We're spirit beings having a human experience. We are, we are the Bible says we are the sons, the sons and daughters of God are led by the spirit, right? So we're supposed to listen to the Holy Spirit. Once we're inside the moral and providential, the guardrail and the rumble strip, we're supposed to be listening to the Spirit as he tells us, go here, go here, go here, go here. Is everybody tracking with me? This is really important. So how do I interpret, Pastor Derek? Is this a bad taco I ate last night? Or is this something preferential that I want for myself? Or is this the personal perfect will of God for my life? I want to give you kind of like four signposts that will help you interpret that as you go forward so you don't get discouraged and you don't, don't get disappointed. Is everybody with me? Yeah. All right, so how do we interpret that? Let me give you a story. Um, years ago, many years ago, I was going to a wedding. Uh, Stacy and I's best friends, Danelle and Mike Noonan, uh, she was, getting, she was uh, you know, getting married, and she gave me and my other best friend directions to go from uh, Oklahoma to where the wedding was. We get these directions, and she's horrible at giving directions. <laughs> I don't know if that's universal, ladies. Don't take offense to this, but it's happened to me several times. <laughs> Just seeing if you're paying attention. So anyway, so she gives us directions. We take off, and we realize there, there's a few things that she messed up because we were heading to Texas, which wouldn't be a bad thing, but she lives in Colorado. And so eventually, eventually, we get to Colorado. We are in the state. We are in the big picture of where the wedding is. Is everybody tracking with me? We are in the providential will of the wedding, okay? We're also in Boulder, Colorado. I know she lives in Boulder, Colorado, and we didn't break any traffic laws to get there. We didn't have to experience any rumble strips. We weren't pulled over for speeding. 
We're inside now the moral will of God. We're inside the providential will of God. But now we're there and we're like, we're lost. Something happened. The direction seemed to unravel and we, start, we started getting discouraged and distracted. Many Christians are there in their life. Many Christians in this room, many Christians listening online have not found their purpose. We're living inside this and this, but I just can't find that lane. What's going on? And so we began to get frustrated, and we're circling the mountain over and over and over again. Eventually, I'm starting to get mad at Paul, and Paul's getting mad at me, and we're attacking each other. And this happens in the body of Christ all the time. We want to be something that we're not. We have someone's sickness. someone We have destination disease. We're trying to be something and go somewhere we're not supposed to go and be somebody we're not supposed to be, and, and it creates all kinds of problems. Finally, we just kind of in desperation ended where we should have started, and we threw up a prayer. God. Help us. We, need, we don't know where we're going. We asked God. And when I asked God, I felt this kind of urge to go back to where we lost our way. Go back to where we were certain he had spoken. We knew we were in the right place. And we went back to this one street where we think it all went wrong. And we're looking at this street sign inside this, this little town in this neighborhood. And it's those signs, you know, that, that are like 10 feet high. And there's a little green sign. It's got the name of the, the street. And we're looking at this sign. I'm like, Paul, this is where it all went wrong. What's going on? And I just, right in that moment, I get this, like, prompting, this, like, urge. I'm like, just look up. And it's, it's a storm. It's cold. It's windy. It's rainy. And I look up. And at the top of the pole, I see this piece of paper flapping on the top of the sign. <laughs> like this. And I'm like, Paul, look at that. He's like, what is it? I don't know. He goes, let's go. Let's see what it is. We get out of our car. We, we go to the sign. He's like, it could be a note. I'm like, a note? He goes, bend over. I bend over. He steps on my back. He's climbing a 10-foot pole, and he rips, and his paper, and he pulls it down, and he goes, it's from Danelle. It's directions. This is a true story. I'm, are you kidding me? She is crazy. She thought there wouldn't be a storm. Everything would be perfect. The weather would be tranquil. We pull out. She's like, sorry, guys. I made a little mistake in the directions. This is what you need to do. Here's your next clue. It's like, what? <laughs> it's 9 a.m. the wedding, and it's 3 a.m. the night before. We need to be there, right? So we're like, we're getting a little bit more excited, though, right? We're like, okay, maybe we can figure this out. We go to the next sign. I bend over. He climbs up. He gets the sign. Oh, there's another one from the nail. And we go through, and we're going through all this, like, craziness. We're looking back going, thank God I'm not there, but we're looking forward, kind of uncertain if this is right. But every time, a little bit, the storm was crazy, the resistance was there, but every single signpost, we got a little bit more clarity. Is everybody tracking with me? This same thing happened to people all through the Bible. You can look back at Nehemiah. You can look back at Joseph and Abraham. You can look at, you know, Paul. You can look at your life. You all go through these different... Some of you get stuck at a certain stage, and you're circling and circling and circling. So I'm going to give you four signposts that the Apostle Paul gives us in Acts chapter 20. Are you with me, everybody? Verse 22, it says this, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task 
the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So here's the first signposts that we really came to, that Paul came to on his way to Jerusalem, that you will come to on the way to the personal, perfect will of God. These spirit promptings. You're going to have these spirit promptings. This is where Paul said, and now compelled by the spirit. Everybody say compelled. This is what that means. The Greek word for that compelled is the word deo hunuma. Deo hunuma. It basically means you were lassoed by the spirit of God and he was drawing you in. It's like when you go to the mall and you walk into the mall, you can't see the location, you can't see the store, but you smell something cooking. <laughs> you know you go to the mall and you, you smell the, that cinnamon I mean, you're having a nostalgic moment right now. You can kind of like, whoo, how long is this service? You know, <laughs> and you're drawn to that. That's Deo Hunuma. It's also something, it talks about this breath or spirit of God. It begins to kind of bubble up within you. It kind of takes you over. You're like, ooh, you're kind of stirred. You're like, I think he's saying something. Let's look up. Let's look up. Oh, look at that. There's a sign. There's a sign. These spirit promptings, God wants to operate in your life all the time in every area of your life. Look at the scripture in the book of Job. I couldn't resist the scripture. It says, for I am, verse 18 of chapter 32, full of words, and the spirit within me, what? Compels me. Inside, I am like a bottled up wine, like new wineskins ready to burst. Here's what it's like. Some of you right now are not experiencing the personal will of God because you're not, you're, 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 sh you're not stirred or shaken. You're flat. You have a responsibility to receive revelation from God, insight from God, the, the directions from God, but a lot of times you just open you up, nothing, just flat. It's just flat. What does it mean to stir yourself? You have a responsibility. If you do something, God will do something. If you take a step, he'll come alongside you. The Holy Spirit will guide you and come alongside you. But you have to stir yourself up. So you, you, you got to, this, this particular scripture is saying he was like shaken. He was, he was like, he felt like he was going to explode like a bottle. Some of you guys know where I'm going with this, okay? And so what happens if I open this bottle, right? Right, the front row will never come back again, right? That's what's going to happen, Right? It's like, where's the spiritual principle of this? All of you have a responsibility to shake yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to shake yourself. That means, that means if you're not in the perfect will of God, if you're struggling to find the personal will of God, you might not be praying enough. You might not be like what Natalia was talking about, worshiping enough. You might need to take it another level and fast to try to find that personal, perfect, precise, specific will of God for your life. Have you done something that you haven't done before? Are you serving somebody else? Are you giving to something above yourself? Are you involved in anything above yourself? Because when you do, then what happens is you have Deo Hunuma. Look at your neighbor. Deo Hunuma. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, it goes like crazy. And you're bubbling over. You're stirred up. You're fanning into flame that faith. You're stirred up in your most holy faith. You have a responsibility to receive the spirit promptings of God by shaking yourself up. You need to, leave, you need to live like that, shaken and stirred. Can I have an amen out there? So there's the spirit promptings. I was hoping that would explode more on somebody. So I feel a little let down, Lord. It's, listen, it's more common... It's more common than uncommon to experience Dea Hunuma when you're living inside the guardrails and the rumble strips of God, okay? Here's the second signpost. Certain uncertainty, certain uncertainty. There's going to be that moment 
where you know you're going in the right direction. You can see the shore, but you also see the future. And you're kind of like, you're in this season of, I know I'm supposed to, but holy cow, this is a little scary. It's kind of fun, but it's kind of scary at the same time. And Paul says this, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. To me there. See, I know I'm called, and sometimes you know certain things you're supposed to do, but you don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know exactly when it's going to happen. And sometimes you know, I, I know I'm called to be married. I know my wife or my husband are nearby. I can't see them, but you know you're supposed to be getting ready. Something spoke to you about that. You know you're supposed to take this job or take this position. There's a certainty about it, but there's an uncertainty about it. That's one of those signposts. I know I'm supposed to join a church. And there's some things I don't know, but there's a certainty I have in my spirit. But there's an uncertainty at the same time. Is everybody with me? And sometimes we want God to give us all the details. We're like, you got to give me the play-by-play, God. And God's like, no, I can't do that. Because you'll be overwhelmed by the details, and you'll disconnect from me in the journey. You'll shut off, you know, the, 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 the GPS system between me and you and try to do it on your own, and you'll get in big trouble. I'm going to give you exactly what you need when you need it along the way, and it creates that dependency upon God. So that's the first and the second signpost. Here's the third one. Predictable resistance. Predictable resistance. When you are on the path to your purpose, put it on your calendar, mark it down, put it in your blackberry, crackberry, blueberry, strawberry, you're going to have resistance. Resistance. It's, it's, something's going to oppose you. Something's going to come against you. It doesn't mean you're not on the right path because you have resistance. Listen, there is, there is kind of two sides to this. The rumble strip is, is sometimes feels like resistance. Resistance is in front of you. Rumble strips are beside you. So you're still called to go forward. You're still there to move forward. And Moses experienced this. Moses got called by God and he killed an Egyptian. He didn't do it the right way, but it didn't mean he wasn't called. He had to figure that out. Then he figured that out and he, and he realized, you know what, I'm not qualified. And God's like, I don't care, you're called. But I can't speak and I don't know how to say this and somebody can do that. But he worked through that. He went through that resistance. And then he came up against the Pharaoh. How many know that's some resistance? Ten plagues later, he's out, and he's against the back of the Red Sea. I mean, every circumstance that could oppose him, but he was still called to be a deliverer through it all. And you are called to do things as well, and you're going to come up against predictable resistance as well. But it does not mean you're not in the will of God. Sometimes if you're experiencing the rumble strip, you might not be in the will of God. But sometimes when you're experiencing predictable resistance, you need to know you are still in the will of God. Amen? Acts 20, 23 says, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear because God is with you. You and you're going through hell. You've heard the phrase, don't stop. Don't camp there. Don't pitch a tent. Keep moving. And if you do, God's going to help you through that process. And the last signpost is uncommon clarity. Uncommon clarity. Now, this is the cool part. And I hope this makes sense to you as we kind of wrap this whole thing up about these signposts, defining the personal, the will of God, finding your lane. So the, rev the review is basically this. The Spirit will draw you. Okay? This Deo Hunuma will come over you. 
And you'll, you'll know, I'm supposed to climb this pole, and there's something on top of that that's just specifically for me. doesn't make sense, but Dea Hunuma has come over me. I've got this spirit prompting, and I know I'm supposed to do that. And as you do that, it kind of gets fun. And as you take that next sign, you're looking back going, I'm leaving this, and if there's not another sign, it's going to be scary. But I know that I'm supposed to go forward, and you have this certain uncertainty about you. And as you begin to go forward, you're going to continue to experience resistance. The next signpost, it was a little harder to climb. The wind was a little bit more, you know, boisterous. The rain, the, 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 we looked at the sign, it was a little more wet and hard to interpret. It got a little bit more difficult. But we had this kind of confidence that, you know what, I know God is working through this. I need to continue to persist. I need to continue to climb the backs of my friends and get counsel from other people. I need to continue to realize that, that God is speaking to me along the way and it's becoming more and more clear as I go on and at the end of that you get to the destination Derek and Paul you're at the house and at the end of that for your life you get that final signpost where you have this uncommon clarity now listen the uncommon clarity does not mean that you have arrived in the sense that you finished the race it's just that you understand the race that you're running I'll try to say it like this here's kind of a, 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 a way to describe this the more that I've become uh, tuned in to what God has called me to do, the more intense the passion and the more intentional the living. And, and it doesn't mean I have everything all mapped out. You have a dashboard in your car. It tells you certain things. Gas is low. Oil, you know, it, engine light. It's got a check engine light. You need to do something over here. The water, you know, is getting ready to overheat. Though you have these problems, you at least have something communicating to you what is going on. It gives you direction. It prioritizes the things that you need to do. When I was putting this message together, I was looking in my office at a whiteboard where, where God had given me an org chart for, our, for kind of our ministry. And it was kind of the future, as God had showed it to me. You know, where are we going to be down the road? Different ministries that don't exist that will be here. Different people and positions that aren't here yet. And many that already are here. And as I looked at that, though it wasn't all done, and though it wasn't all concluded, I had focus. I had, an, I had like an intense excitement and passion about what it is I'm supposed to do. I had direction. It prioritized the different things that I was going to be doing from that day forward because I saw the big picture. I had an uncommon clarity even when everything wasn't all worked out. Is anybody tracking with me with what I'm saying out there? You'll get to get to that sharper focus in your life. Here's what you want to write down. When vision increases, options decrease making it easier to discern the personal will of God. How do you do that? How do you do that? You got to have that day of Hunuma. You got to like stir yourself up, shake yourself up, stirred and prompted by the Holy Spirit. You're going to have this certain uncertainty where you let go of the past and move towards the forward, knowing that's going to happen. You're going to experience predictable resistance along the way. That's not that you're not in the will of God. No, that is you are in the will of God. And as you persist through that and you don't quit, you're going to have this uncommon clarity. It's like, okay, now I get it. There were years ago when I got a word from the Lord and I was wrestling with what God's will was for this church. I thought it was a different direction. I thought it was a different, maybe even location at one time. And God spoke to me and he basically said, if you'll wait a little longer, you'll go further faster if you wait a little longer. He was teaching me patience. And I didn't get it at the time. But man, looking back now, I'm like, I have this uncommon clarity about what he's up to. Some of you are in that journey right now and God wants to make that clearer and clearer to you. But it's connected to a greater relationship with God 
Or maybe it starts with a first-time relationship with God. I'd like you to, I'd like you to stand because I want to pray for you as, you as you part from this building today. Did you guys get something out of that? Anybody here? Would you do me a favor as the prayer team comes to the front? Would you just close your eyes and just be still and just be very reverent in, in response? Remember, it's so important that you respond, not just in this service, but all day. Sunday's the Lord's day. You want to give him all of it. You know, when I was in school, with every head bowed, every eye closed, let me give you this little picture. When I was in school, in particular, my teacher used to say to me, Derek, when we're getting ready to take a test, you need to, look at, you need to have your eyes on your own paper. Derek, keep your eyes on your own paper. Apparently, I had a problem with that. I think the church has a problem with that. We keep our eyes on other people's heart and other people's lives and not our own. And I want you to take a moment. I want, to, I want you to keep your eyes right now on your own heart. If you know that you're disconnected from God, maybe you're listening online and you're just you're thinking about these things, and, and, and I want you to know something. Your purpose is completely connected to relationship with Jesus. You can't find yourself until you lose yourself in him, until you surrender yourself to him. You can't, if you already know him, you can't lose yourself unless you're willing to be a part of something bigger than yourself. So this really hits two groups of people. Have you given your heart totally to Jesus? And if you're here today, are you willing to surrender to something bigger than you? Are you willing to move from career to calling and success to significance? Are you willing to do something that makes a difference with people who want to make a difference. God wants to speak to both of you today. And if you know you're here today and you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus and he's not in your heart right now with that confidence and that assurance, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you, but just put it up right high. Say, pray for me. I don't want to leave today without that assurance. God bless you. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Good and high, so don't miss. Yes, sir. All the way over there. I see you. That's great. That's great. That's great. Yes, I see your hand in the middle here. That's awesome. You can put your hands down. And if you know you're here today and, you, and God is calling you and you know that you're in that lane, but you haven't surrendered to the bigger picture and you want to do that today. You want to get a part of something bigger than yourself. Well, you, you're ready to lose yourself. If that's you, would you raise your hand and say, that's me. I don't want to miss that. God bless you all over the room. Totally awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Would you all pray this prayer with me? And those especially in the first group would you that raise your hand, would you pray this prayer? Say, Jesus, come into my life. I surrender to you. The incentive for me is to find my purpose, and in that, I find you. And I come into relationship with you today by faith, through grace, in Jesus' name. Father, for every person who prayed that prayer, I pray you seal that until the day of redemption. They, they know that their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and they begin to follow that path by living inside the guardrails, the rumble strips, and find their lane in Jesus' name. And every person that's here that wants to find that personal and specific will of God, I pray that you would encourage them, Lord God, by finding their gifts and surrendering to God totally today and be willing to be a part of something bigger than themselves in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, everybody. Amen and amen. God bless you. Come on, give the Lord a big praise.